Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for this week. And it's actually kind of a cool week. It's kind of quiet, kind of quiet in a good way, but also with some transits that might stir the pot just a titch. But all in all, when I looked at the week, I went, oh, it doesn't seem like anybody's going to need me this week. <laughs> but it is a big week because this week is the Astrology for 2023 webinar on Thursday at 12 noon Pacific and 3 p.m. East Coast time. If you haven't purchased your ticket yet, there's still time to do that. And if you cannot attend the live broadcast, no worries because it's going to be recorded and everyone who signs up and pays for the webinar gets the link and all of the slides as well as their astrology for 2023 personalized report so boom no reason not to do it um so i'm really excited about it and as i looked ahead at the week the astrological uh weather looks good for that day the moon will be in virgo the sign of my own natal moon so that's good as well the sun in human design will be sitting at the same gate as my earth in my human design which is a gate of light of ideas of sharing of ideas so unconsciously i picked a fabulous day for me personally anyway to to do the webinar so i'm really excited about doing that uh, let's see. Good morning to Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel. Uh, treat yourself says good morning, Janet, JLo, and everyone here. My intention was to be here, but my son has been sick all night. Oh, dear. And I'm looking forward to the webinar this Thursday. Blessings. Thank you for letting me know that. Treat yourself. We'll send lots of love to your son, and uh, I'm sure he will heal fast. Hopefully, it's not anything worse than, say, a flu or cold, and he'll perk right up. Uh, good morning, Kajella, and good morning, Pam. It's good to see everybody starting to pop in here. Uh, I'm sure Tom would like to be with us, but he has been working madly. Uh, I think he said he's he's done with his current job on the 13th. So after that, so I think he'll join us on Friday, and hopefully we'll see him at the webinar. I kind of miss his silly craziness in the morning, um, <laughs> but I knew he was going to be working, so we'll just have to live without him. Uh, so I hope everybody had a pleasant weekend. I did. It was a busy weekend as on Friday, we had my husband's company uh, Christmas party, which was at a bowling alley. So we got to bowl and eat Mexican food. It was so yummy. And Saturday was our family cookie baking day. Unfortunately, my grandson got COVID. <laughs> uh the day before and so he was isolating away from everyone but my daughter had to let everybody know that you know it was in the house but i had just had COVID, so i didn't care so i went and i baked cookies and oh my gosh you know you don't think of making cookies as a particularly physical uh or you know something physically exerting but i'll tell you i was pooped we baked from, I don't know, 10 or 11 in the morning all the way. I didn't get home until 6.30. So it was a long day of baking, but oh, so worth it. Everybody just loves the Christmas cookies, I'm sure. Uh, good morning to Joan. It's good to see you out there this morning as well. So let me talk a little bit about how we're going to run this today. Uh, we're going to talk about the moon and Leo uh, because it's one of my favorite moon placements, but also because moon and Leo 
you guys all want to know what does that mean for you um as well we'll take a look at the weekly energies although again there's not you know a ton of transits happening today or happening this week but a couple that are worth noting the biggest news of the week is today mercury enters into the territory or the shadow of his next retrograde. So the retrograde doesn't happen until later in the month, but we are in the shadow period as of 349 or something like that this morning, West Coast time. And that means, you know, we're already starting to pick up what the themes are going to be for the actual retrograde. So I want to talk about that. And then last Friday, we did a pretty in-depth talk about the sun at the gate 26 on the will center in your human design. I got great feedback about that from people who really liked the idea of learning more about the energy centers as they went along. And the one thing we didn't talk about on Friday was the earth because the earth is the other key player in human design as far as the week is concerned. And the earth is at the gate 45, which is a money gate. And it is on the throat center and carries a voice. And I want to talk about that because the earth and the sun's relationship in human design is um, all about being challenged or triggered in some way by the earth in order to move to the light of the sun. And the sun, as you know, was at the gate 26, a gate of integrity. And with the earth at the gate of the king or queen in traditional astrology or the gate of distribution or traditional human de design versus the gate of uh, distribution in quantum human design, uh, we can see there's definitely uh, being true to oneself financially, but also in the way we exert our or ex kind of express our um our moral self, our ethical self, our true self, our authentic self, right? So we'll talk a little, I'll talk a lot about that actually as uh, we get later into the broadcast. But let's start this morning with the moon in Leo. Today, the moon, by the way, I hope you guys are looking outside in the mornings at the beautiful planet Mars. You could see it at night too. I just it just seems like in the morning, somehow we have a clearer sky here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, at night, I go to look at the stars and there aren't any. Uh, <clears throat> but this morning, when I let my kitty cat out, I looked outside and I went, oh my gosh, clouds around the edges, but the rest of the sky, the vault of the sky was really very clear. And looking off to the west, there was Mars, practically the brightest thing in the sky, except for the moon and in setting motion, right? He's moving lower to the Western horizon in the process of setting. I love it when we can visualize what it is that we talk about, right? We've talked a lot about Mars in retrograde and just the planet Mars and in the sign of Gemini. So when you're focusing at the planet itself, you're, you could sort of just visualize even an astrology chart, right? The sky being the chart and you're seeing the part of the chart uh, where Gemini is, uh, or the constellation of Gemini, just a little bit behind um, where Mars is actually located. So take a night, take a day or early morning and go check it out. So if it's in the morning and you're checking it out, Mars will be on the Western horizon. And if it's in the evening and you're checking it out, Mars will be rising in the East. So that gives you some kind of direction to take a look at. 
So today the moon in Leo is sextiling Mars, and that puts the moon in a good position with Mars, kind of being able to share energies, right? The moon and its more inner, in, inward focused, uh, more emotional self is in a very positive aspect with Mars in Gemini, um, what we're thinking about, what we're talking about, and what we're taking action on. A little later in the day, however, the Mars, uh, I mean, the moon comes into a square with Uranus. And here's where there could be some surprising emotional upsets, or it could be just some, you know, aha moments that come later in the day as uh, the moon comes into that square with Uranus and Taurus. Now, remember, Taurus is also a financial sign. So could it be good news about something to do with your finances? Could it be some kind of reward for being true to yourself, being in integrity? Uh, there is the potential, of course, for reward and recognition uh, with Mercury slowing down his um, his transit, uh, preparing for retrograde in Capricorn. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Now, when the moon is in Leo, it is all about self-expression. So Leo is very much an individual sign. It is the sign of the individual and our individuality. And its main concern is about how we express ourselves in the world. How do we use our passion in a creative way? What is our passion? And um, the passion to be creative in whatever way that might be. So it doesn't mean that you have to be an artist. It doesn't mean that you have to draw or paint or write or dance. It doesn't mean any of that. It's about you as a person, as an individual. What is your creative expression? How do you love, because Leo also rules love, how do you love to show up in your creativity? So today the moon asks us to focus more uh, of our emotional self or our inner self on our passion right? And what we love to do. Now, uh, Leo also loves an audience to be able to share their love with. So they love to be that center of attention. It's a sign that craves that audience. So they love to give the audience love, but they also love to receive love back from the audience. And there's creative ambition here. What is it that you want to share with the world? It doesn't have to be it has to be something unique to you, right? There's a uniqueness about the way we share of ourselves in Leo. Now, Leo also rules fun and games. It is the lightheartedness in the sign that makes it so appealing. It's a sign of celebrations and parties and play and playfulness. It's very childlike, right? Children love to play. And in their play, they're actually creating a world through their imaginations. And in Leo, with the moon running through Leo, we also can, you know, kind of look at that in our own selves. What are we playing at that is the prelude to something we are creating for real in our world? It is also the sign of vacations, taking your time, uh, doing something that you love. It is also the sign of risk-taking, qualified risk-taking, right? <laughs> Um, in the natural wheel of the Zodiac, Leo rules the fifth house and the fifth house is the house of love, romance, joy, playfulness, vacations, all those Leo things. But it is also a house where we sometimes have to address 
address the risks that we are taking or not taking in our lives. You know, and to grow and evolve requires a bit of risk, right? You have to put yourself out there in some way. You have to risk doing something different. And here with the moon in Leo, it's almost like we lead with our hearts, right? And our heart says, hey, let's go do this. Let's try this. Let's have some fun here. And if it is, you know, something that you pay attention to, then you find yourself in a celebrative mood or being uplifted and, and through that uplifting others as well. Now, of course, the biggest energy in the sign of Leo is love sweet love, being happy, being the center of someone's world, uh, or you, you know, making someone else the center of your world, being surprised and surprising others with gifts of generosity. Um, this next to Taurus is the second most loving of luxury sign. Taurus is, you know, by far and away, the, the luxury sign, all those senses that love the luxury, but Leo is a close second. And this is a sign of loyalty, of being true to someone, being true to yourself because of the self-expressive uh, part of this energy. It is also <laughs> a sign of kingliness, queenliness, royalty, and that can also play into the human design energy of the day where we're going to take a look at Earth sitting at the gate that used to be called in traditional human design, the gate of the king or queen. So I find that that's kind of a, a nice coherence. Um, there are some things to watch out for in Leo energy, however, and one of them is about the ego taking over, right? And that ego taking over can lead us to becoming more selfish or overly self-centered. You're never going to hear me say that being self-centered is wrong, but overly self-centered. When I'm being overly self-focused to the exclusion of those around us. And uh, we can even talk about the negative side of Leo as almost getting into narcissism. And in fact, some people out there in the world, um, you can, you, we always, narcissism has been a big word of late, of the last, you know, couple of years even. And that is a distinctly Leo in the negative kind of energy. And of course, Leo likes to win and it might want to win at all costs. Not such a good thing, right? Instead of creating a win-win, it can create a win-lose. And I would say that even in a win-lose, there's a lose-lose atmosphere there. So uh, good morning, J-Lo. It's good to see you. Uh, Joanna Marie Godwin, good to see you. Hi, she says, I made it live. Well, it's great to have you with us this morning. Thank you for joining us. Christine Buckingham, good morning to you. It's good to see you. And uh, any questions, by the way, that you might have left over from Friday's broadcast about human design, because I know some of you are very well versed in astrology. Some of you are well versed in human design. Others of you are still learning, feeling your way through astrology and putting out human design may be, you know, testing your limits. But I assure you, it is something so worth listening to or learning about. It takes us deeper into the energetics of who we are personally. And of course, I love sharing about that. But if you have questions, please go ahead and post those in the chat 
If you are on Facebook or YouTube, you can do that. Um, if you are listening later in podcast, and of course I'm not there live in that, then you can certainly email me at Janet at living astrology.com. And I would be happy to answer your questions. All right, let's take a look now at the week's energies. So the weekly astrology, so to speak. So today, Monday, December 12th, we have our, of course, the first big thing that happened was um, Mercury moving into the degree that takes him into the shadow zone of his retrograde. And we're going to talk more about the retrograde in the next section here. So I won't spend too much time on it, but that's the big news of the day. So if things start screwing up, right, if your computer starts glitching, if emails start bouncing or people send you emails back that they didn't receive something or what have you, thank Mercury. Mercury in retrograde or in the shadow. For me, it's always the shadow period that's the the, the where the tension is. <clears throat> Usually, I should say, most often that's where it lies. And then during the retrograde, eh, things are good. I have Mercury retrograde by birth, so you know, it kind of smooths out for me. But then afterward, the shadow period before he moves on beyond the the, the degree that he he retrograded at um, gets wonky for me. So. There can be different ways in which you experience the retrograde. For some of you, it's going to be great. For others of you, it's like, oh, how can I get through this retrograde? Um, and mostly there is a sense sometimes of kind of on again, off again energy or, you know, good energy. Then, oh, I forgot something and uh, it takes me backwards a little bit. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, today, the sun is also in a sextile to Saturn. So this gives me a moment to be able to talk about the relationships between planets. So if if you know astrology, you know that the planets represent something, right? The, there's the signs that represent qualities of energy. Then there are the planets that modify that energy, either by working well with the energy of the sign or by working against it. Then there are the houses, which is the place where the action is taking place, right? So a house tells you an area of your life where the action is going to be taking place or happening. And when we talk about planets in sextile or square or conjunct or in opposition, we're talking about the relationship between the planets, right? So we're talking about how is it they work together in some um aspect patterns, they work well together. A sextile works well together. A conjunction sometimes is difficult, but sometimes can be good. And opposition is always like a pulling apart, right? There's like two different parts that have to be satisfied. So it can be difficult. A square is definitely challenging. A, a, a trine is an ease and flow of the uh, energies between the signs. We can have semi-sextiles, which find us needing to be cooperative, to share more. Uh, we can have a dozen other um, minor aspects as well. Uh, but knowing what that aspect means helps us set the tone for what the interaction is going to be between the planets. So we have the sun, which is holding the full force of our personalities, of who we are, of what we're experiencing while the sun is transiting right now through the sign of Sagittarius. And then we have Saturn. 
that is over in the sign of Aquarius right now. And in a sextile, the sun and Saturn understand one another. They get one another, right? They may not speak exact the same language, but they get one another. And so the energies between the sun and Sagittarius on his hunt for adventure and exploration and also for aiming his arrow at the truth or the heart of something, looking for freedom of expression, um, is finding some purchase with Aquarius or Saturn in Aquarius that has similar themes. Not the same, but similar. Aquarius also is appreciative of freedom right? Aquarius is also looking for um, the truth, but it's usually the truth according to Aquarius, <laughs> not so much the truth, the bigger overall truth that Sagittarius might be looking at. So even though those kinds of things are a little bit different, they, there's still that common ground that the two planets find themselves in. Um, we don't normally think of Saturn as a um, a planet that goes well with other planets uh, because usually he's like overshadowing whatever it is that he comes in contact with. But in this case, they're kind of working well together to help us get on the right track, right? To help us see uh, perhaps what we need to do now in order to prepare for the future. That would be a very Saturn in Aquarius um, thing to do. The sun in Sagittarius really just looking for its own truth and authenticity. Um, remember that arrow is, you know, aimed right at the galactic center, the heart of our universe, right? The heart of our galaxy, who we are at um, the deepest levels, right? The deepest soul level of us as humans, right? Our, our, our life forms here. So all in all, sun in a sextile to Saturn could bring you some really good energies today as you maybe get on the right track, or you can see maybe you're not on that track yet, uh, but now you get a clearer picture of what's right for you, what's true for you, which direction is really what you want to do, where you want to go. So good, good energy there for today. Um, the only ink or the only kink in the iron works, there is Mercury moving into the shadow period, which does tend to slow things down a bit, makes us be a little more reevaluating of what it is that we're doing. Now, tomorrow is a different story. Tomorrow, there aren't any major aspects between uh, big planets, but the moon does come into an opposition with Saturn because Leo and Aquarius are across from one another. And the moon tomorrow will still be in Leo. So the moon ruling our emotions and Saturn that has a more stern or purposeful or serious nature can mean that we have some, a dip perhaps in a melancholy, a dip in our emotional field. So just be prepared for that. The moon moves quickly. So it's not like that will last all day. It's not like you're going to be in the doldrums all day or be sad all day or be irritated all day. But there can be a time where maybe something in the outer world triggers a need for you to become more uh, aware of what your emotions, what you're feeling. Maybe it's that creative place that you go into, right? Leo, self-expression, energy, uh, Saturn in Aquarius opposing Leo saying, okay, you got to bring it on, bring it on, bring it up. So it could be that creative um, womb-like feeling, right? Where we're not quite expressing that 
uh, creativity out loud yet, but soon would be. On Wednesday, December 14th, the sun comes into a square with Neptune. Now, of all the squares that the sun could make, this one is easier, shall I say. It's not necessarily too difficult. It can create problems for us if we give in to Neptune's predisposition to confusion or blurriness. Um, but remember, the sun is a much brighter light. And the sun is much more, well, we here on Earth are much closer to the sun than Neptune is, right? So we could lean more into the sun. And instead of being disillusioned or con confused, disappointed, or any of the other kind of words that Neptune can bring up sometimes, we can be more aligned with our higher self, more intuitive, more in tune with the truth of who we are, with our with our true life purpose, right? Who we are at soul level. So even though it's a square, the squares create challenges. They want a, a square is um, <laughs> almost a demand or a command from your soul or your higher self or the universe that's saying, go do something, right? Change something, create something, go in a new direction. So in this case, we might be a little confused as to, well, what direction can I go in, right? Mercury's going into retrograde. What can I do? Uh, the way to handle that is to really listen to your inner voice, listen to um, the call of your inner self, right? Because that's where the truth lies. On Thursday, we have the moon in Virgo. Of course, that is the day of the Astrology of 2023 webinar. Uh, and I'm really excited to have the moon in Virgo that day helps me to get information across clearly for all of you. Hopefully that is the truth that day. Um, it is also the beginning of a new human design week where the sun moves into the gate 11, which is the gate of ideas, the light bulbs coming on and we see, ah, we become inspired, uh, but we still have to be careful with the gate 11 because we might take on too much. We'll talk more about that on Friday when we meet. Uh, the earth will move into the gate 12, which is a gate on the throat center. And it is the gate where we are here to be self-expressive, where we have a message, where we channel, if you will, divine wisdom uh, to one another, uh, to the people you work with, to your family, etc. On Friday, the moon comes into a square with the sun. And this is a regular kind of, of uh, expression, right? We're going to be, that puts us halfway between the full moon and the next new moon. And it brings up crisis. The, the crisis of action is the, the one that happens between the new moon and the full moon. And the crisis of consciousness happens between the full moon and the new moon. So that is what we're facing on Friday is the crisis of consciousness. So at the new moon, right? We begin a cycle of the new moon with an intention or with some intentions um, that of something that we want to create or something that we want to do or something that we want to be. And we come to these action points, you know, in the cycle, we get to the first square that happens seven days after the new moon, the crisis of action. Now we're like, oh, what do I do? 
then we get to the full moon and some kind of revelation happens or some kind of ending that happens that allows us to see what the next steps are. And then we get to the crisis of consciousness. Now we get to the point where we have to decide what is it that I need to shift in my consciousness in order to align with what it is that I desire. So the first step was, or the first crisis was about what's, what action, what action, what do I do? And now it is about shifting my beliefs, perhaps my thoughts, um, the things that I allow for myself. And that crisis point comes on Friday. Saturday, we end up with Mercury in a trine to Uranus. Remember, a trine represents an ease and flow of energy, sometimes a place where laziness can happen, right? It's happening for us so well that we just don't think about trying harder, right? We don't think about putting ourselves out there or uh, doing, uh, taking the next step. So Mercury in a trine to Uranus is about being inspired to take action in the 3D realm. Mercury rules the mind, our thinking, our communication to one another here in 3D. Uranus <clears throat> up levels, right? It's the higher self now talking to us, or it's the voice of the soul, the voice of our spirit guides uh, speaking to us in a way that allows us to see things from a new perspective, right? To be having that epiphany, that light bulb moment. So Saturday is our light bulb kind of moment day. And Monday or Sunday, the 18th, just moon stuff, nothing big going on that day, uh, which is a good, good day, right? Good day when we don't have anything major going on. Uh, okay, questions. How's everybody doing out there? Everybody is so quiet today. <laughs> no major comments going on, nothing, no, uh, no questions that I can see. So if you have them, or if you have comments, please go ahead and post. Uh, next, I want to talk about Mercury entering in the shadow period of his next retrograde. So this is the first time in a couple of years, several years, actually, since 2015, I want to say that uh, Mercury was retrograde all in one sign or all in this sign, uh, Capricorn, uh, which is a, a, an earth sign. Last year, he did retrograde in Capricorn, but he moved backwards into uh, Sagittarius or he retrograded in Aquarius, then moved back into Capricorn and then moved forward again. So it wasn't all in Capricorn. This year, of course, the, or this time period, this Mercury retrograde is all within the sign of Capricorn. And if you want to know the degrees of it, it will be from the 24th degree of Capricorn down to the 8th degree. So what we can say then is today, Mercury has moved into 8 degrees of Capricorn. And in fact, this morning it was 8 degrees, 21 minutes of the sign of Capricorn. So he'll keep moving forward until he reaches 24 degrees then he will turn retrograde and move backward to eight degrees and then move forward again. And that is how the Mercury cycle goes. When we're looking at Capricorn energy, it rules our work life, right? Our reputation, uh, who we see ourselves as in the world or the um, who we portray ourselves as in the world. And so it really takes a lot of the, the Mercury retrograde then focuses on our ambitions, on our work life. And obviously there's another connection here that connects us to our play life. So Capricorn works hard, plays hard. 
but they're seen that, you know, they're pretty good at the balance of both work and play. So in a retrograde such as this, we may have to deal with where we've been too one-sided, too playful, not enough work, but most likely it's too much work, not enough play. So we're going to find ourselves needing to be able to balance that. So it's the work play balance, right? And that is uh, an important part of Capricorn energy and being ruled, uh, Capricorn being ruled by Saturn uh, means that we're rewarded when we do the work, when we balance our lives and we are often hit with some kind of, of karmic event, if you will, when we've been out of balance for too long or for refusing to move ourselves back into balance. So this Mercury retrograde cycle will be about refining, maybe even reevaluating what you want out of life, right? Do you, do you want to keep working yourself to death to the exclusion of play? Um, or is it time to get serious about doing something? This kind of puts our spiritual core uh, versus the material core, right? The material world and all of that production orientation, that work orientation, that I've got to get ahead kind of orientation versus the spiritual core, which sees everything as uh, a lesson that I'm learning or a, an experience that I'm gaining or uh, something that I'm adding to my soul uh, instead of something that I have to do, it's something that is happening sort of naturally. So this could be a time, by the way, retrogrades often bring something back to us. It could be a time for rewards or recognition of work that you've done previously. Maybe you were looked over for a promotion or, you know, maybe your um, business didn't give out uh, uh, raises. And now maybe that gets to be corrected and it'll be reward or recognition then for work that you previously did or for something that got missed earlier. Now, this is also a time when, when Mercury's retrograde here, we could seriously browbeat ourselves to death. And this is a time not to be too hard on yourself, right? Look at yourself objectively, step back and see from an objective point of view, what it is that you might need to correct or what it is that you might need to put more focus on, what you might need to let go of focus on. But don't be hard on yourself. Don't be beating yourself up over things. Now, there are a few connections that Mercury is going to be making in this retrograde that I, are worth mentioning because they're gonna, you're going to see them repeated a bit as we move into 2023, although I'm not going to spill the beans yet on how that looks, but I will on Thursday, uh, December 29th, Mercury comes into a conjunction with Venus. And by that time, Mercury is in retrograde. So he's moving backward into Venus, who's moving forward through Capricorn. On January 1st, Mercury in retrograde will come into a sextile to Neptune. That is a very positive expression for our intuition, for our being able to hear and be communicating with our higher selves. And I look forward to that day, even though Mercury is in retrograde, the whispering might be about what you forgot to do, what you need to do to get a more solid base 
On January 7th, we come into the sun conjunction with Mercury retrograde, or more appropriately, Mercury retrograde conjunct the sun. That is always an important time because it brings the new communication. What's the new messaging coming in uh, that we'll take with us as the retrograde breaks, which the retrograde cycle doesn't end until January 18th. So uh, we'll be talking more about that, of course, as Mercury is just now entering into the shadow, which means that some of these themes will just start to pop up in your world, right? They'll start to um, come up and what that might look like, what it looks like for me, because I've been thinking about this already, is about rebranding ourselves, right? Rebranding. It's been a while since I've rebranded myself. So that's something that I might be looking at, something I'm certainly thinking about, but maybe not something that happens until after the retrograde is complete. We shall see. Uh, okay, good. Kajela says, just listening and absorbing. I love it. JLo, my devices are acting up. They must be in the shadow of the retrograde already. Of course they are. Uh, the retrograde shadow is always so much fun, isn't it? We start to see what's going to be the slip up. What's going to be the thing, right? <clears throat> I remember a couple of years back during one of the Mercury retrogrades, and I can't remember, I think it was in the sign, might have been in Aquarius. Uh, my computer started acting up. My laptop, like yours, JLo, out of nowhere, it just started behaving badly. And by the time the next retrograde came around, my computer died. Ah, had to go buy a new one. Um, or I guess that was the time I had it rebuilt. Um, so take note of what's starting to mess up. What's, you know, what's going on? Be willing to explore that because it might have, you know, meaning uh, as time goes on, right? Like if it's your computer, maybe it's showing you its memory is close to full. Uh, maybe it's got a virus or maybe, yeah. Anyway, pay attention. Pay attention to whatever it is that starts to show up. <laughs> Debbie says, my whole body is in the shadow. Well, Debbie, that's because you just had a major surgery. And I'm so thrilled that you are home even from that surgery and that you feel as good as you do is amazing. So JLo says, even my Alexa devices are speaking Spanish out of nowhere. That reminds me one time uh, at my sister's house, we were all in bed and we're in bed. It's like one in the morning. And all of a sudden her Alexa started singing Feliz Navidad in the middle of the night. It was Christmas time, but it was too funny because who would have been up to say, Alexa, play Feliz Navidad? No one. It was weird. So weird stuff happens with Alexa sometimes. Okay, let's switch over now to talk about the Earth at the gate 45. Let me see if I can share my screen first uh, so that you can all see what I see. Is it a window or a tab? It should be a window. No, it's not that window. Okay, let's open this first. And then share. Here we go. Okay. Now, what you all are seeing is the familiar genetic matrix uh, mandala uh, that has the astrology on the outer wheel, right? Here's all of the signs on the outer wheel. In between the outer wheel and the inner wheel, these are all of the hexagrams in the I Ching. 
So if you know the I Ching's changing lines and so forth, that's what these represent. And when we get to the inner wheel, these are the gates in the human design. And of course, the uh, body, the, the body graph here in the middle, showing you all of the energy centers with all of the gates in those energy centers. And this happens to be one that I can create on the fly, which I, actually I've already created this one. Um, and this particular mandala is showing us the uh, sun and earth. And I also noted that we had the gate 44 defined right now by the south node, which makes this entire channel of integrity uh, being defined. We talked about that on Friday, so I don't need to go into that too much unless somebody has questions about it. But we talked about this center here being the will center, the heart center, sometimes called the ego center, and that it is all about managing and allocating resources, our time, our money, our worth and value. And that this particular gate, the 26th, that the sun is out reminds us to be in integrity, which is all about being in our truth walking our talk, so to speak, or talking our walk. And that particular gate connected over here to the south node at the gate 44, which is about releasing the baggage of the past. So here we might need to lighten the load, right, in order to come into integrity, to really be the person that we are promoting ourselves to be, we might have to let go of some stuff. Or just to be lighter, right, to be more in our truth, we may have things that we need to let go of. But all of this didn't factor in the Earth. And the Earth and Mars happen to be sitting right up here on the throat center at the gate 45. Now, today I'm going to talk a little bit about circuitry. Uh, circuitry is a collection of gates that work together towards a theme. And I don't talk about that much because it, it gets very... Um, it can get very confusing to people, but I want to talk about it this morning because it's not only the earth, but the sun and the south node here that are working through what is called tribal energy. And tribal energy is concerned with the survival of the tribe, the family, the community, right? It is a circuitry that provides support, protection, defense, um, the things that we need in order to live, right? And it transforms our sort of individualness into teamwork, right? Because in a community or a tribe, we work together for the benefit of the whole, right? So this energy is a part of what we call the economic circuit that is part of the tribal circuitry. And the main theme or energy in tribal circuitry is love, right? Love. So this particular circuit then kind of goes, speaks to how we operate in groups or how we function as a, as a team, as a family, etc. So that can include things like our laws, our values, our agreements, right? How we contracts or business agreements or our agreements, things like marriage is an agreement. Um, uh, our families and how we devote ourselves to our families, um, our communities. So how we as families are part of a bigger community, but also our resources, right? This is very resource oriented energy still. And it contains a connection possibly 
here to the will center, right? Right here, the 45 comes down to the weak, uh, to the will or ego or heart center. Now, the highest expression of this gate, the gate 45, which in uh, traditional human design was called the gate of the king or queen. It kind of was the person who has control over all of the resources and makes the decisions about parceling out or distributing the resources. And in quantum human design is now called the gate of distribution. So it is an energy when it's working in its highest makes uh, us really natural leaders or teachers who can make things happen, right? That, that can distribute energy, distribute money, distribute people, distribute time to get things done, right? This is a gate on the throat center. And the throat center is all about communication and manifestation. It is a metabolism center. So it puts nutrients, it puts input to work and it puts it to work out in manifesting world, like manifesting our world. And this particular energy, dare I say, is a little bit more autocratic than democratic. We have plenty of energies in the uh, uh, wills or the uh, identity center that take us into democracy. But the 45 is really about a leader that is showing up that has the power to distribute, right? That has the ability to gather the resources together. I think in uh, the I Ching, this is called gathering together, right? So this person or this energy gathers all the resources and the people and whatever's needed and then distributes them to the right people, to the right committees, to the right tribes, right? They don't necessarily do the work themselves. This gate gets a little bit autocratic, right? It says, you do that, you do that. And you guys over there, you're going to do that, but doesn't necessarily get into the trenches and do the work. So I think that's how we get it called the gate of the king or the queen, right? It can have a sort of regal, noble kind of, of energy around it. But it is also when it's working in its most highest is a very generous and magnanimous, magnanimous energy has very Leo qualities, even though this is a Gemini gate. This is definitely Gemini energy. Um, but there's benevolence here. The, the, the true energy behind this gate is seeing that everything is distributed fairly, seeing that everybody gets their fair share. Everybody gets what they need. So if the needs are met, then what we have in the tribe is peace. We have calm, we have plenty, we have enoughness. So that is uh, the, the job of the 45. In the gene keys, this is about bound or uh, bounty, bounty, bounteousness, <laughs> being bountiful, right? Bountiful and is has a very distinctly good feeling about having enough, being enough. So the energy of the 45 in the throat center, though, can meet up with the 21. And if you remember, we talked about the gate 21, uh, how it was called the gate of control. So if there is someone on the team or someone in the family or someone in the tribe that has the gate 21, we can also find that this gate can trigger a uh, power control issue, 
between people. So for example, all of us now have the gate 45 because this is where earth is sitting. And the challenge, because earth always puts down the gauntlet and says, I challenge you, uh, how do we rise from this sort of feeling of being in control, being the leader, being um, the magnanimous one, <laughs> um, and do things with what the sun requires, which is integrity. And in between these two gates, we have the 21 that is about, I want to control. I know better how to do this, right? Uh, it has a possessiveness about it, right? That that uh, wants to control all of the resources, wants to control the timing of everything, wants to control who does what, when, where, why, and how. Autocratic, right? It gets a little autocratic. So for example, let's say you are married to someone right now who has, or you're in a relationship or have a family member who has the 21, and now all of us have the 45, that makes that channel complete and then comes up the potential for power issues, right? Or control issues. And the power control issue could be distinctly financial, right? Distinctly about money with one person at the control and saying, I know best how to spend the funds, right? I know best what bills need to be paid. But the other person generously spending the resources without really thinking about how is it that that might affect the family's budget or what have you. So we want to be take care a little bit with this energy here. We only have it for another few days, just based on the timing, right? The 14th is when uh, this the last day of this energy. So in the lowest expression of the 45, it can trigger possessiveness within us, possessive about our money, possessive about our material things, our own time even, um, and possessiveness in relationships where I want to be the one in control of the other person. And uh, it can it can get dominating, let's say, and, and take over the, the relationship with people. So we watch this energy when it comes up because of, of the potential for that kind of control or power uh, struggle uh, to come up. Now, this um, voice in this gate, because every gate that sits on the throat has a voice, right? There's a lot of gates here and the throat mediates it's the gearbox, right? All the energy is coming up to the throat from below or it's coming down from the head or the ashna to the throat through these three gates here. And we think of the, the voice that comes from each one of these gates and the 45's gate or the voice of the gate 45 says, I have, or maybe it's more appropriate to say, we have, we all have, we have this. If this, if you have this gate defined already, you probably say those words often, I have, or we have. Um, so you're speaking for the group if this is something in your design. I don't carry this gate, but now suddenly it's here, right? And uh, I was just talking to my husband this weekend about, you know, what it is, how we need to manage our finances going forth here, because uh, we are looking at the beginning of the new year, uh, our medical expenses have to start over again and so on and so forth. So we start to talk about how do we manage our resources more uh, in, a, in a more fair way, perhaps at this particular time. Um, you might also speak of what you don't have, right? And there may be a tendency to see the world through the lens of not enoughness, 
right? And that, of course, is triggered by other means of the chart. So especially if you have emotional center uh, defined or you have the gate 55 defined on it uh, or even the gate 30 defined here, where you might feel sometimes like you don't have enough, like you never feel full, you never are going to have enough. So this then at the gate 45 can turn into what either I have or what I don't have, right? Or what we have or what we don't have. So keep that in mind. So how do we use the gate 45 in a positive way? Remember, it's the earth and the earth is often challenging us. So we may be facing money challenges. We may be facing challenges to our value, our worth. We may be facing uh, that, you know, that need to feel in control of something. So pay attention to opportunities that pop up right now for you to take on a role of leadership where you can step up to the plate if there's a vacancy, right? If there's a vacuum where there's not anybody that's actually distributing things around, you know, evenly. Um, but of course, use your type and your strategy and your authority to make those decisions, whether to step in or step out. Um, notice if you've been taking on authoritarian habits, have you become the autocrat of the family? And if so, try softening that edge, right? Try becoming more uh, informative, right? Or informing others of what's going on. Bring more awareness to the situation. Be willing to share, haha, share control over finances or over what happens next, right? Especially if it's you know, a, a team. You can't have teamwork if it's only one person dictating what's going to happen, right? And primarily, this is a gate that sets us up for teamwork, okay? Uh, make sure you build rest into your schedule. Remember, this connects down here to the will center. And the will center, heart center, remember, it's energy that pulses on and pulses off. If this connects up to that center in your chart, you may forego rest in favor of keeping going. And that may not have a very good health benefit for you, right? So we wanna watch that. It can create burnout. It can create a pathway to autoimmune diseases. It can create heart issues as literally this center down here rules the heart and the throat center rules the thyroid, right? How we metabolize energy, how uh, our ability to, it's the one of the master glands, right? That keeps the balance in our hormones so that we have the right amount of energy that we need to get to survive, right? To do, to live. And if we're blowing out our energy all the time, if we're come, you know, doing and doing and doing without thinking about taking rest, then in this case, we can either find it affecting our hearts we can find it affecting our metabolism or our thyroid. And also if these three come together, which they would if the 21 is defined in your chart, then you are hitting your immune system, right? So immune, heart, autoimmune, and stress issues, and the heart uh, also um, the thymus, right? The master gland on top of the heart, and then also your metabolism or your thyroid. So things that we want to watch out for. And you know what? How easy is it to get so out of control busy this time of year?
right? There's so many things to do, so many places to go, so many demands on us, on our time that we may forego rest. Don't do it, right? Don't do it. Um, also, be very deliberate with your money at this time. Be very aware. There's a lot of scams out there, right? I, I just can't even tell you how many times I get emails that, you know, are trying to scare me into going to their site to see why they're charging me. Uh, yeah, no, pay attention, right? Uh, be protective of your own resources. Be selective about who you get involved with trying to protect or try to teach or try to distribute to. Remember, this is a teamwork thing. You cannot just decide that someone needs your time and attention. So I'm going to give it to them if they don't want it, right? So again, we have to be very careful. Be generous, yes. Uh, be, be generous to people who want that or who need that. Not necessarily just because it's going to make you feel better to do it, but it really doesn't benefit anybody else. So anyway, uh, really, that is it for me today. Let's pull a couple of cards for the week. Uh, I'm going to pull us a Pleiadian card because in the, in the spirit of love, and then I'll pull us an animal card for the week as well. Uh, I don't see any questions. Pam says the only defined, you're the only defined 21 in the family. So are you trying to control the expenses? Are you trying to control what other people do, what they do, when they go, when, when they do, what they do, why they do? Um, are you controlling the money, the finances? Good questions, right? All right. Oh, beautiful card. We have the card 11. I love 11, of course. Healing is the card, and it says down here at the bottom, move into the balance of nature and away from overusing technology. That's a good one. That's a very good card. It's beautiful, by the way. All right, let's see what it says. Uh, healing card 11. Okay. <clears throat> healing nature, it says. Move into the balance of nature and away from overusing technology. You have become technologically imbalanced in your life, depending upon technical devices too much. <laughs> it is supremely important that you understand your interactions with nature, for you are part of nature and nature is part of you. You cannot receive an energetic healing exchange from an artificial device such as a computer or a cell phone. You can only experience a healing exchange directly from nature. Hmm. It is vitally important for you to understand the healing benefits of the natural self-correcting rhythms of nature. If you lose contact with the natural world, you will find conflict and discord in everything in your life because you will become energetically out of balance. Correct your imbalance and return to nature, which is your primary healer. This is essential for your ongoing healing. And the universal energy 11 is the number of illumination. Use the light and the energy of the sun to support your healing and rebalancing all of your systems. I love that. That's a good card for us. And let's pull an animal card. I just remembered I had a dream about a little lizard, little tiny lizard in a box. And it was like peeping at me, peep 
beep, like a real, you know, soft little like, help me, help me. So I reached my hand into the box and it jumped up on my hand and I went to take it outside. And as I went to take it outside, it transformed into a rather scary looking lizard with like this hood around it. And he, you know, I was out there to release him. I released him. He didn't bite me or hurt me. I released him. And as I did, he made this big roaring sound, <laughs> which scared me, of course, <laughs> in the dream. But I mean, he didn't hurt me and he took off running like it's kind of weird. I don't know why I would dream of a lizard. And I'll laugh hysterically if I pull the lizard card. But no, I did not. I pulled Seahorse Spirit. It says watch and wait. It is card 53, which is an eight. And it was upside down. So there's a protection message for us here in this card today. So let's look at Seahorse. It's a pretty seahorse. Look at that. Isn't that pretty? All the colors, the way she looks. Of course, it's a she. Uh, 53. Okay, so it says, are you holding on to judgment? Sure that your perspective is the only correct way to look at things. There are as many perspectives as there are creatures in the sea. And when seahorse spirit appears, you are reminded to detach from the experience. So you can view it from more than one angle. Pay attention to your hidden beliefs and how they affect the way you feel, think, and act. Are you being fair to all involved or do you need help to step back? Or do you need to step back? Not help. Do you need to step back? Perhaps the drama you have been drawn into is your own. Whatever the actions of others, your challenge is to be non-reactive and not take their words or behaviors personally. Their turbulence may have little to do with you, so remain neutral until you know more. Your perspective may be quite different in time turbulence interesting word to come up since that is the gate in your human design that neptune is sitting at turbulence so hey tom it's good to see you better late than never <laughs> oh, it's good to see you jlo says my daughter has capella fixed star at 45 and 21 in the asteroid of parthenope uh she has been more obsessive with telling us what to do for her baby shower she is a leo course, right? It's her baby shower. She wants it to go the way she wants it to go. That's appropriate. As long as all of you are willing to do what it is that she needs. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay, that is it for me today, guys. Thanks so much. I hope to see you all on Thursday for the webinar. And as well, you might check it out tonight at 4pm Pacific time on the Desire to Inspire Facebook group. My daughters and I will be talking about self-love. So you can go to the Desire to Inspire Facebook community or Facebook group page. We broadcast live to that page, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. East Coast time. We'd love to see you there. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.